I've learned more about the golf swing in the last six months than I had learned in the last 16 years. And welcome back to another Park Train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got Mr. Matt Cermak here. What's going What's on, up, my man? Adam? I'm super pumped for this episode. But in case you guys are new, uh, when you're on the Park Train, you guys have probably wrote it, maybe even for a couple holes, but you've written it before. Golf, the hardest game in the world, feels easy, right? Fairways, greens, two-putt, easy stuff. Our mission is to take those lessons from the golf course, apply them to their to your life, make the hard stuff seem easy, and help you get better on and off the course. We have interviews from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, and people from No Lang Up, like Tron Carter today, um, one of the best podcasts out there. Um, and more. You'll finally learn how to enjoy the ride. And ironically, sir, this episode was a lot about enjoying the ride again, being a two handicap and deciding he's going to try and play lefty. A reset, right? Yeah. Resetting all of the expectations. Yeah. But before we get into the intro and the interview with Tron Carter, uh, I wanted to have a quick word from our friends and our sponsor, Roback. Uh, instead of us talking about it, I'm going to read a few reviews. Um, from people just like you. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Aiden F. from uh, the U.S. said, this is the seventh item I've bought from Roback and they continue to impress me with the pro- with the comfort and quality of their products. I definitely recommend their quarter zips and any of their other products. Uh, my husband, this is anonymous, my husband and son have decided this is their favorite brand. The styles and the materials are great, easy to care for. There's a special note in all the package all the packages and there's even a koozie and the throwbacks the best loading up in my apartment by the way uh john from the u.s said love the sleeves um on the q-zips he loves that they stretch a little fits great looks amazing super comfortable well here it, i mean it speaks for themselves right i mean yep. the, the fans love it but guys get yourself some gear they just restocked polos and q-zips but make Gotta sure go. you guys go to the link in our show notes. There's a special link just for partnering listeners that'll get you 15% off your first rowback order. Um, yeah, like Sir said, restocked and get yourself something nice. Okay. Tron Carter from No Laying Up. Uh, I say this, uh, I said this off air. I'll say it in the intro. Um, you know, we I called Tron and Solly four and a half years ago, right when we were starting. And they were nice enough to chat. And, um, you know, that was before they were even doing no laying up full time. And they gave us a lot of good advice and said we were asking the right questions. And, you know, four and a half years later, it's kind of full circle. Um, We had Tron on. So I, I this was this episode was so fun for me because normally, you know, obviously we love talking about the mental game. Um, but this was a different way to talk about it. You know, this was a guy that was a two handicap and does this for a living, right? He's does golf content. I mean, imagine the ego of saying, I'm going to switch it up and relearn how to hit the ball again. Right. And I just thought it was super insightful. There's so many mental learnings here. I mean, what was your takeaway? Yeah, I think that, I think it's so easy to say to somebody or to say to yourself, get mentally tougher or just drop the expectations or don't play in fear. But it, it's maybe hard to learn and implement that until you do something. Yeah. This sort of extreme. Right. Yeah. it's a good point. And I think that's interesting. He really gets into it. And 
Um, I thought this was just a, a really cool episode, and uh, it was funny. He was getting ready to go out to the course, and we're talking, uh, we're talking the mental game. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully it translates. <laughs> you want to, you want low today, but no, great episode. Couple Very final things, story. guys, before we go into this interview. Um, he talked a lot about on another interview he did, and we didn't get to talk about it on ours, but I want to share this with you guys. He talked a lot about how, you know, there's no difference for him of shooting a 76 and a 78. He he's probably not going to become like a plus three. And even if he did, the difference between shooting 70 and 72 isn't a big difference to him. I think he was he realized that he might have plateaued a little bit and he wanted to figure out a way to experience the game differently and enjoy it again, right? And he said this, he said, quote, every shot as of right now as a lefty could be the best shot I ever hit. I know I'm probably going to hit bad shots. I have much less dread in hitting a bad shot because of my lowered expectations. And I think the dread is the key there. You know, a lot of us feel that, you know, when you become, you start becoming a better player, even if you're a, a 20 handicap, right? And you used to be a 25, you have expectations of hitting it a certain way. And that dread of hitting that shot you're trying to avoid really bogs us down. And I think this episode can free a lot of people up. And I'm really excited for you guys to for listen sure. to it. No, golf's all about controlling your expectations. And uh, yep. this is a good look and look into it so yeah no it was great let's get to awesome it. well if you guys aren't following us at the par train on facebook twitter tiktok instagram all the places give us a follow serm loves the tweet so tweet at serm and then also give us a That's review we need a review <laughs> i think we're going to be doing some giveaways soon um so keep your eyes peeled give us a review some give us the love the uh, means a lot yeah. and uh so we can keep doing more of this stuff for you guys so um best of luck um, best of health to everyone and enjoy the ride. See you guys. Take care. The one and only Tron Carter, AKA Todd Schuster, for those that don't know his real name. What's going on, my man? How are you? Greetings from Florida. It's, uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's chilly here. It's like, you know, low fifties <laughs> for those watching. Don't worry. Todd's parked. He is not yeah. driving right now. He's in a parking lot before the, a little money the, uh, game. The uh, car seat is empty behind me too. So there you go. No, no kids in the car either. <laughs> <laughs> so Tron, I know you're big into bucket hats. Okay. I don't know if you still are. You're wearing a hat now. I've seen a lot of bucket hats over the year, but I yeah. wanted to get your take. I actually got my dad the bucket hat from Bandit with all the different logos around the brim, which I think might yeah. be one of the goats Classic. of all bucket yeah. hats. Um, but I wanted to ask you, can anyone pull off the bucket hat or is there a certain soul or personality type that can rock the bucket? I don't know if anybody ever has pulled off the bucket hat. Oh, interesting. For, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of something that like you, you try to do, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, first of all, there's, there's many different kinds of bucket hats too, right? You got the, yep. the big, you know, sun bucket, you've got the, the performance, you know, kind of the, the rain bucket that's very almost vertical and then you've got kind of the classic bucket with the ribbon around it so a lot going on there um i tend to think most people can pull them off i think it actually depends more on your body type yeah than your uh like it's like i wouldn't want to see like john rom wearing a bucket right yeah um i don't think that would work so um 
yeah so i you know i but i I think it's more about about yeah like your your body type but also like your your attitude and less about your your actual aesthetic so you are not born a bucket hat guy you become a bucket hat guy yeah or is it born and i think you can you can go in and out of being a bucket hat guy too interesting you know depending upon just like tiger you know early junior days he had the bucket that's true exactly yeah or yeah i mean heck him with that that straw hat um that he was wearing at the usam that one year you know i would say not enough people talk about that what a move coming onto the scene wearing the straw bucket from straw hat with that with those short shorts and the and the striped polo that's a legendary outfit 100%. So, Tron, we talked about this off air. Uh, It's it's gotten a decent amount of pub, but I thought for this episode, you know, we like to talk about things that other shows don't, right? And I think we'll probably talk to you a little bit about No Laying Up towards the end, but I think it's so interesting because we focus so much on the mental game about how you were a low single-digit handicap, I think as low as a, a two, ranging from two to four consistently, and decided to switch to play lefty. And before we dig into that, I wanted to ask you, in baseball, a switch hitter, I find, has a little bit more swagger when you walk up to the plate. More sauce, as some people might say. So do you walk onto the course with a little bit more sauce that you could go both ways? Uh, no, not yet, at least. I think once I, once I accomplish my goal of breaking 80 and you know, and then can kind of go back righty or play from either side. I think that that is where the sauce will come from. As of now, you know, there's not a whole lot of sauce involved when you're, <laughs> you're you know, you're worried about about making a quad or a, or a right. full bogey. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about switching to lefty. Obviously, you've been very vocal and about some of the chipping yips you've dealt with. Um, your course management was an issue. Um, so let's dive in kind of like what was the moment kind of what, you know, and you kind of where we're at. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. My, my, you're a good player. You're a very good player. So when he yeah, and I used to, well, I kind of has, it's like, I used to be a, a, a good player, like in high school. And then, um, first part of college, I was, you know, I was down at like a scratch and, and, and probably if I putted like I putt now, I probably could have been a, you know, plus one and a half, plus two, like that was what was holding me back. Um, it was the kind of stuff where I would hit, you know, 15 or 16 greens and somehow shoot like 75 or 76. Like it was, it was crazy. So, um, and then I kind of quit playing for a while after college and just cause I, I couldn't hit the shots that I used to be able to hit. And, um, and then got back into it, you know, uh, uh really no laying ups kind of what got me back into it. So, you know, um, mid to late twenties, got back into it, started playing more and got back down to around the two, but, um, but yeah, the chipping was worse than ever. Like it was never my strength. And, and, um, so fast forward to this year, we, it, with quarantine, we're just stuck at home or we're stuck. Like luckily our golf course was still open here in Jack's beach. So, um, but it kind of sucked playing with, um, with, with, with raised cups. So we were trying to figure out, you know, fun stuff to film and, and, and stuff just to keep us entertained and to try to entertain other people. So we did, one of the things we did was this lefty challenge. So we had, we had Callaway send us, um, you know, a bunch of lefty clubs. We basically said, Hey, send us five drivers, um, you know, five mid to long irons, five short irons, 
five wedges and five putters. So they did, so they did that. Um, we went out, we all played. I almost, I almost eagled the first hole. I almost hold out from like 110 <laughs> yards. And I was like, this is awesome. Easy game. <laughs> this is so Easy. much fun. And then I made like a 13 on the next hole. So, um, right. but it was truly like, it, I don't know. It was truly, it was the most excited I'd felt on a golf course in a long time. And then I actually went to the range with those clubs after we did that and, and just kept hitting. And then I got home that night and realized like I was tired, but like a different kind of tired. Like my mm. mind, like my, you know, it was, it was like, I'd never done this before. And, you know, a certain side of my brain was tired. Right. And, um, and I was, and I was super sore the next couple of days, like, you know, using muscles that I hadn't used before. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what, what, you know, kind of planted the head in, or planted the idea in my head. And then from there I ended up, um, I went out with Neil and his girlfriend and, um, uh, one other guy and just basically said, all right, well, let's, you know, let me, let me test this out and see if it's actually workable. See if I can, you know, see if this is something worth doing. And, you know, I think I shot like 62 on nine holes, but the biggest thing was Neil's like, I, I wasn't holding anybody up because I was super worried about, yeah. You know, if I start doing this and, and I'm doing this at, at, on our trips and I'm doing this at events and all that stuff, like I can't, I can't detract from other people's enjoyment of their round. Right. And so played a few rounds before making the decision, but you know, like the second round I, I, I shot like 56 and then the third round I broke, I broke 50. So I was like, all right, like I can do this. And like, this is workable and this is, um, this is worth doing. So, yeah. So I just ended up, um, towards the end of last May, just basically saying, Hey, I'm going to do this for a year. Um, you know, it, my initial goal was to break 80. I, that's still the goal. I do want to, I want to break 80 from both sides of the ball on the same day is kind of the, yeah. the, the, uh, find it, yeah, end goal. So it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating to hear you talk about it because you know, I played golf my whole life. I played in college. I play high level. I can't hit a lefty shot with a driver. I don't think I can hit it a hundred yards, right? Yeah. I'm scared if I got to get on my knees and turn the club face over and just try to hit it six yards. So, yeah. So I, but, I think it's it, like, it kind of that. frees you up to like be an athlete, right? Like it's, it's kind of like, once you get, once you get past the initial awkwardness of like, Oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. And like, I'm, I'm going to whiff. Like I've, you know, For I've sure. whiffed on camera a few times, but like, that's the worst thing that's going to happen. Right. So right. like, there's no, like, it's kind of, there's 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 all sorts of takeaways i've got but like from a psychological perspective it is it's totally adjusted my expectations to where like there's no downside anymore right and so that not having any anxiety or any um any negativity you know just like hey like every shot that i hit could be the best shot i've ever hit or you know right. like when i make a birdie like it's a big deal and 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 so i think when you kind of banish those negative thoughts or some of that doubt and just kind of focus on like, yo, like I'm like, who knows if I pull this off or not, but like, let's give it a try. It's amazing how, how often you do pull it off because you're not, you're not getting in your own way. Um, so, you know, like that's been one of the things, cause I'm not like, I'm super right-hand dominant. I've never, I was never a switch hitter in baseball. Um, I struggled with left-handed layups and basketball. Like I've, I've never <laughs> been good with my left hand um but i think you know just and and i'm super right eye dominant too and so i I think that's actually one of the reasons why from a chipping perspective it's helped me out because um you know playing playing right-handed my my dominant hand is my trail hand 
and it's always trying to do way too much or always trying to, you know, scoop the ball or, you know, save a shot or whatever. Whereas chipping left hand in my dominant hand is, is my lead hand and it's doing all the work. And then my left hand is just truly along for the ride. And, um, yeah. And, and then, yeah. And then like on, on chipping too, it's like, I just, I, there's no scar tissue there. Right. Like I, there's no, you know, there's, there's no memories of, of, you know, blading one over a green or, you know, chunking one three times in a row. And like, yeah, like grand, like that's still ha- like that happens for sure. But like, it's not like, I would expect that to happen with where I'm at right now right. Know, as far as my left-handed journey. So, well, it's interesting Tron, because, you know, if you think about it, most people that are learning golf that get really good started at a young age. And so it's funny to think about your knowledge today, starting the game versus the knowledge when you're just a kid and you know, you might get some guidance, but even tiger talks about it with Charlie early on. Like you don't want to give a kid too much, like let them swing naturally. I'm curious how you approached the swing from the ground up knowing what you know now versus when you were much younger. Yeah. I mean, I'll say I've learned more about the golf swing in the last six months than I had learned in the last 16 years. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of like, I right-handed, I'm kind of self-taught and started playing from a young age and, and really like, I didn't know why I did certain things. Well, I just, I just, right. it was just the way that I swung the golf club. Right. And, um, but yeah, I think now it's like allowing athleticism to take back over and allowing, you know, allowing me to just almost like kind of be a reaction sport. Whereas like one of the things I'm struggling with a lot right now is, is um, I feel like I've got my swing kind of, kind of dialed w- with the driver and my wedges are great. I'm struggling with my mid irons. And a lot of that's because you just have so many funky lies in, in the fairway or in the rough. And so um, that's the stuff that I'm just not used to, right? That's the stuff that like, you know, having my right foot above my left foot. And it's like, you know, I'm not used to that left-handed. Like a lot of the time, it's the first time I've ever hit that shot before, right? I've never right. hit a, you know, I've never tried to hit a high draw over, you know, for, with, with, with my eight iron, um, you know, 145 yards or figuring out how far your clubs go. Like for the first three months, like I had no idea how far my clubs went. I just kind of, I just tried to like manufacture shots. Right. So, mm. you know, knowing like, all right, I know I can't miss long here. Let's just run up a, let's just run up a nine iron and punch one there. So I think that's been, it's definitely going at it with like knowing how to play golf, but without, you know, without having the skills, I think is a heck of a lot easier than, um, than starting from scratch, you know, and and not knowing course management and not knowing all that. Cause, cause you know, part of that is the reason that like I'm able to keep up and not, you know, not, uh, you know, slow down the pace of play some of that is um and i'm kind of going through it right now where like i know how to manage the golf course i know how to i know how to play for bogey and how to get the ball in the hole right now it's like i'm struggling because i've kind of ripped the band-aid off and said all right i'm, I'm going to stop playing away from my misses and i'm going to start playing four good shots mm-hmm. and you know and that's you know and, and that's led to you know more bigger numbers um creeping back in just because, you know, I'm, I am taking on trouble more. Or I am, you know, trying to get better for the long run, but my, my scores have suffered in the short run. Well, it's funny. Cause you're kind of, you're kind of evolving to where you were as a righty again, right? Like yeah, you're starting yeah. to gain confidence and it's funny to start 
that, that same pattern. But what's really interesting to me about this is it kind of reminds me, I'm sure you guys have done it. You might even have a video on it. Maybe I haven't seen it, but I love one club championships, right? I yeah. used to play in this one called the goat um, at goat Hill in San Diego when I lived down there. And uh, it was this shit show. Everyone dressed up in costumes. You got certain points for drinking a certain amount and you played in a one club championship. And I remember I would shoot around the same scores, maybe a few strokes higher than I did with a full bag of clubs with a seven iron, you know, or a hybrid yeah. or whatever I chose. And to me, it's a similar thing. You, it's, it's, I'd love to hear your take on that, but also just it's this acceptance level of, okay, I got what I got. Let's try and manufacture yeah. something versus when you got yeah, all the absolutely. tools, it's easier to get yeah. in your head about which tool to use. Oh, totally. It's, you know, there was a guy we met down in um, Australia called the party Panther, Nick Mills. And he's, he's, <laughs> you know, he was playing with, he was playing with a half set. We were down there and we're like, why do you play with a half set? He said, cause there's two types of errors. There's decision errors and there's action errors. When I play with a half set, I don't make any decision errors. All my decisions are already made for me. I'm fully committed to all the shots I'm hitting. I just make action errors, you know? And he's like, it's, it's actually helped my game a lot. My, like, like personally, my lowest, my lowest 18 hole score ever was, or sorry, my lowest nine hole score ever was playing four clubs at Sweetens mm. Cove. And I shot 32 and like, wow. you know, that's, and it was like, it, it just totally got me out of my own way. I had a driver, a, a driver, an eight iron, uh, uh, 56 degree and a putter and you hit and drive, you know, bump and driver off the deck here or there or knocking down the eight iron, you know? So I think that's the thing. That's the thing that's been interesting about the lefty thing. It's the same kind of thing. It's like getting you out of your own way and like, just like, yo, just, just hit the shot. Right. Like quit, quit trying to make the decision or quit trying to just commit to, you know, I'm not good enough lefty to, to worry too, too much about the difference between a seven and an eight iron. Right. I'd rather hit the right shot. And so that's why I like, you know, hitting, I'm really struggling with when it gets windy, like, you know, controlling my spin or working the ball one way or the other. Like that's, it's forcing me to get better at those things because you know, it's like, it's pretty much always windy here in Florida. So, um, you know, learning how to kind of play the game the right way to from a, from, you know, from the start. Um, but, you know, I think too, it's, it's also like, it just gets, it just gets rid of bad habits too. Like, I, you know, just like, I don't have, my head stays a lot more still when I'm playing lefty or um, my, my, my alignment, like I'm still struggling with my alignment, but I think it's better overall, um, you know, setup wise. Like it's just, it's, you don't have bad habits to fall back on, you know, like yeah. granted you can create new bad habits, but there's not, there's not 15, 20, 25 years of, of, you know, just kind of slime and, 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 and grime built up in your swing and in all your setups. I want to dive just a little bit back more into the chipping part. So yeah. I want to ask you growing up. Cermak's an amazing a short game player, by the way, the guy <laughs> I got, I took a train from St. Louis to Chicago just to get a short game lesson for him before a member guest with our mutual best friend, just to give you context. Yeah, that was, that was a great session, uh, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not here to give you advice at all. I'm just curious because you played at a high level growing up when you were a good chipper, so to speak, or when chipping felt just 
you know, you, you felt comfortable. Were you more of a hands chipper? Because when I watch you now lefty, you really look like you're using a lot of your big muscles. Um, it just seems like a very, you know, more natural weight transfer, but I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't see you growing up. So I'm just curious on what you've learned kind of from the great days as a great player to how you yeah, I, now. I think, I think from a chipping perspective, I've, I've never been a good chipper. So whatever I was doing growing up was always trying to fix something or always mm -hmm. trying to make a weakness into a strength. And so, you know, some years it was probably more handsy and some years it was probably more, more body. Um, sure. I will say like, it's crazy how much better I am at, at, you know, like setting aside the chipping, it's crazy how much better I've been at the, like the, that 40 to 75 yard range, which is kind of no man's land normally. Totally. The shot you don't want. And yeah. yeah. And I've, you know, both from distance control and from accuracy, like, I feel like I can get it in that kind of 10 foot circle now whereas before it's like you know i'm kind of looking at where all right do i need to shade it a little bit here because there's a bunker here and it's like no it's a 50 yard shot just hit it right yeah and um so like right. i you know i i can i'm sure a lot of it is is mechanical or physiological as far as just you know big muscles being involved and and having a better setup with it my grip's probably better with it too but at, you know at the same time like i think just as much if not more is mental and just not having the scar tissue and not feeling like i'm lunging the ball or feeling like i'm blacking out as i'm as i'm hitting a chip well i think it's very telling what you just said about that 40 to 70 yard range which is just a brutal shot for anybody right it's it's the shot you don't want to leave yourself on a par five you know after you hit a great second shot but you're in that in between yeah. yardage but you just said like what it sounds like is all i'm doing now is i'm focusing on good contact and pitching to a bigger target right and is is yeah. that that's kind of sounds like also a theme for this journey of being a lefty um that, i mean that's it right because yeah. even a even a scratch golfer a one handicap hits a lot of mishits all day around the golf course I'm yeah i think i think it all comes back to contact right like that's the biggest thing where you know trying to do too much righty or trying to you know trying to get it trying to worry about too much or get it too close or worrying about, you know, is it one hop and stopping or, or is it bleeding out or are you going to hit it lower or whatever, where I feel like if, if you just worry about the contact and, and, and that was something like a couple of years ago, I, I, you know, I had a goal for myself. I'd gotten up to like five and a half, six handicap, which is playing like really mediocre golf um, just from the perspective of like what I'd done prior. And so, and, you know, like, like always in the fairway and figuring out a way to make, nothing but bogeys and pars not making many birdies and so the biggest thing that i focused on i cut my handicap from six to two um that year was i think this was 2018 was um was was just simply distance control like you know like just mm. not missing long and short and like figuring out exactly how far all my irons go and focusing on you know solid contact yeah and that's knowing all contact. that I'm, I'm yeah i'm still gonna have it cover there and and then like that was you know it's like i'm fine missing left or right but if i'm missing short or long that's that that's when i get really pissed at myself and it's the same thing lefty like i've gotten to the point now where like you know i'm still using that 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 kind of grab bag full of irons where you know i've got a kbs shaft in my six iron i've got a true temper shaft in my seven iron and a, and a catalyst graphite shaft in my eight iron like like i'm still playing this totally mismatched set of apex yeah. irons they're all the same heads and everything but 
Um, but even then, like, so it's kind of like each club has its own little character, its own little personality because they all have different grips on them too. So I'm, I'll probably do now for I'm like I've, I've shot down in the in the mid '80s enough where I'm like, all right, like I feel like I have a consistent miss. I feel like I have a consistent, you know, um, weakness here. Probably time to go get some some irons that can you know help me solve those things. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like on that front, it's like you know knowing knowing all right, my eight iron goes a lot farther than my nine iron because it's because of the shaft or like there's there's a very different like all have very very different feels to them and everything but but knowing that i can hit certain shots with certain clubs it's kind of been cool or like treating each club you know very very uniquely what one one more quick follow-up something you mentioned about distance distance control you're about long and short even to dive in a little further there because we've talked about this on the show missing a long is just death on your second shot yeah. right it, yeah. so you, you mismanage the yardage and then because that that chip is most likely going to be downhill and you might chip it well, but your distance and control is going to be your, your force of the hand. It's going to be bad, right? Then it gets into your mind, at least missing yeah. short. You've got a better chance of executing distance control on that next yeah. pitch. Right. And Absolutely. I'm sure that, and that's, you know, being a little less powerful as a lefty, I'm sure you've found yourself more short often, but, but just a much better chance to get up and down. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just keeping the course in front of you, and you yeah. know, here in Florida, like there's a lot of there's there's water everywhere, right? So, you know, kind of trying to trying to manage that a little bit too, and figure out, all right, like let's, you know, let's let's get it to where we know where the hazards are, and not, you know, so that that's kind of even when I'm trying to rip the bandaid off now and trying to, you know, play towards my strengths instead of playing away from from my misses, um, I do think like even now, like I can place, I can still play smart golf and do that. Right. It's, it's knowing where the fat part of the green is knowing when to take your chances and when to, when to go for the middle of the green too, yeah. you know? All right. Hang tight guys. We're going to do a quick word from our sponsor and then we'll be right back to the interview. Imagine golf. Have you guys heard of this new app? It is unbelievable guys. You guys are into the mental game. We're into the mental game. Imagine golf is all about the mental game. Okay, they have over 100,000 students, a 4.9 star rating, thousands of reviews, and the app can be totally custom to you. It's super cool. So when you first open the app, they got a bunch of different sections to make it personal to you. So you can click on pro tips, consistency, visualizations, shot strategies, range drills, stories, etc. We're even talking to them about maybe doing our own teaching series uh, in the future from all the lessons we've learned on the train. But anyways, guys, go to imaginegolf.com slash the par train to download the app. Make sure you use this special link because that's the way that they're tracking who downloads the app in from listening to this show in the month of January. And guess what? They're going to pick one person to get a brand new Scotty Cameron putter of your choice. Any Scotty Cameron up to 400 bucks, which is really most of them. You're going to help your mental game. There's a seven-day free trial, so don't worry if you're not ready to pay monthly yet. It's a small payment per month, but there's a seven-day trial. Get the app at imaginegolf.com slash thepartrain and improve your game on and off the course with the best mental game tips from anywhere around. And you might win a new Scotty Cameron putter. Sounds like a win-win to me. And uh, let's get back to the interview with Tron. Yeah, all of this, I don't know if this is a good analogy or not, but it kind of reminds me, Tron, of of doing a sober month 
right? A lot of people are doing it in January, right? I did it in April, 2019, which was maybe the worst month ever to do a sober month when Tiger won the masters. But I remember this feeling of like, there's this, uh, your ego, everyone else is having fun. And you assume that people are going to be like, what are you doing? Like, why don't you drink? Why don't you drink? And you're going to have this weird cloud of like judgment and things. And what I realized that month is people forget about it really quickly, especially when they know you're doing the challenge. And, and, and even if you're not, like they respect it like almost immediately. And then it's all in your head. And I was thinking about that with you with like handicaps and going from a single digit a lot of people struggle with handicaps tied to ego, right? Let's say yeah. you're a 15 and you're normally used to playing with 15s or 20s. Your attitude going into that round versus a round where you're playing with fives can, get, can be totally different. So I want to know what happened to your ego when you were a two to a four consistently and now you're going to a 20 playing with your boys yeah. that used to see you, you know, compete with them. What what happened to your ego? Yeah, no, it's been interesting. I think at first you're kind of when you step up on the first tee, you're like, hey, you know, hey, I'm I'm, you know, I'm normally a two, but I'm playing left-handed for a year, and then having to explain all that. Whereas like over the last three or four months, you know, after that initial kind of shock, if it wore off, it's like, no, like I'm a I'm a 17 handicap right now. Yeah, it is what it is, and like, yeah, and then you know, like people will kind of figure it out, or like somebody in the group will be like, yeah, like you know, he's he's playing left-handed for a year, and like be like oh my god like i had no idea like i just you know I'm like and so i think it you know it kind of comes back to like everybody's on their own golf journey right and yeah. and um but i think yeah i definitely think like it's helped me too like getting are there shots that i miss hitting like i miss hitting a hundred yard wedge knowing exactly you know being able to one hop stop or you know being able to hold up a you know a high fade against a win with a driver or you know that sort of thing but I'm finding that like the farther along I get, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm finding new shots that I can hit lefty that that'll kind of take the place of those or, you know, that, that are just as exciting to, to, to hit, or, um, you know, I'm finding that I can hit those shots lefty too. And that's, that's been the most invigorating part is like, I feel like ego wise, it's actually in a weird way, it's probably fed my ego more than anything to where like when I, when I get up and like, 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 um, my colleague, Randy, his, his brother-in-law came into town, um, in December or in, in, um, November. And he's like a 6.5 or seven handicap. I've seen him shoot 73 or 74 before, like homemade swing and everything. And I was like, dude, like I will, I will go out and like, I will beat the heck out of you. Like you, you gotta give me you know, we'll go off handicaps. You got to give me 10 shots or 11 shots or whatever. And he was like, all right, I'll give you, I'll give you seven shots or eight shots. So we had like three or four different bets going. And then we, we ended up having a straight up bet going too. And I almost beat him straight up. I shot like, you know, 80, 84, or 85. And, and, uh, and with a, with a quad and the triple, you know, and it's like, there's, there's a certain level of like, like, you know what? Like maybe I am a better golfer lefty. I just don't know it yet. Right. So I think yeah. from an ego perspective, like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's been good to, to see how people treat kind of beginners too. It's like, mm -hmm. you always want to be empathetic to other people that, that, that you're playing with. So I think it's a good experience to like, yo, like just cause you're good at golf doesn't make you better or, you know, more, um, you know, I don't know, more 
like righteous or or you know because because you know whether it's like my thing is like as long as you're keeping up as long as your pace of play is good that's the bottom line right yeah. and i think it's so i think i think it strips out some of that some of that importance of like it doesn't matter if you're a good player or not it matters that you're out there on the golf course yeah so you alluded to this earlier and um i think this this whole journey of you playing lefty let's be honest it's good content for an Elena, right? Like it, it's, you know, I don't know. That's that's up for debate because there's some people that have said like, "God, I can't." I'm so tired of watching you play lefty and, and all that. But it, you know, or or people are like like at Bandon, you know, people are like, "Oh my God!" Like you're playing lefty at Bandon too. I'm like, yeah. I said I was playing golf lefty for yeah. a year, and like, and then like I I had the, the worst score I've shot since I started doing this. Even the first or second round was. At Pacific Dunes. I mean, I, nice I probably windy, shot a nice windy day. Out there. Yeah, the wind is. You know, I have no idea what I shot because I was picking <laughs> up on every hole. Right. And then I shot. And then I shot my lowest round. I shot 84 the following day. You know, and it's like. Right. It's but you know it's just the kind of thing to where it's like you never know what's going to happen. It's definitely it's definitely for sure. a mystery. But you know, like you know, Evan and I here on the part chain. I mean, we're all about finding new content, and new ways to think and do, and so you know. For no laying up, like this kind of, it's cool because it feels, you guys do a ton of great stuff, but this feels kind of unique. How do you guys brainstorm like that? I think some of our listeners are interested, like, because, you know, you, you do a lot of great videos, you do a lot of great tour stuff, you do it all, but how does, how does it all come together? Maybe talk a little bit through that. Yeah. So I think, I, I mean, separating out the lefty stuff, because I think that was actually, I don't even think we thought about content, you know when we were deciding like it was just a personal decision for me and then like my son's a lefty too he's he's turning four in a couple weeks yeah so like it's 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 helped me like because he's he likes going out to the driving range with me and it's helped me figure out how to you know look at his hands or look at you know not not that we're working on anything but like you know he does he's like dad i like like i want to hit it farther or i want to you know like it's it's super helpful and i think it will be helpful because like 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 my dad didn't really play golf when I was growing up. So it was me kind of digging out of dirt myself. Um, but I, so I think on the, on the content side, the first thing that I think we realized on the lefty stuff was that it's, it's, we're all kind of like Randy's gotten so much better. Randy's cut probably seven shots off of his handicap in the last 18 months. DJ's gotten a lot better. Neil's like a sleeping giant. I mean, Neil, Neil could be a, Neil could be a plus one um, within 12 months if he, works on the right stuff and, and gets rid of that big miss. Um, Solly's obviously, a, you know, plus handicap. So I think we, we've all kind of gotten down in that, like, you know, intermediate to expert level golf. Um, we're all on the, we're all on the blacks. Right. And, and it's kind of like, you know, we're not on the greens and blues anymore. And I think getting somebody back on the greens and blues that makes our stuff a little bit more identifiable or a little bit more, you know, everybody's got, somebody there so i think that's been interesting with it but but as far as kind of larger content stuff it's really i I wouldn't read too much into it it's more or less just like stuff that we want to do right i think we're we're all pretty curious guys and and like you know i love to travel i love exploring new you know finding new places um and it's kind of like trying to go tell stories that either haven't been told or that you know haven't been told in the same way it's like people have told the abandoned story a bunch like our last season that we did but nobody had done it all like there would we didn't feel like there was any sort of like there's a book called dream golf and there's there's a there's a lot of written stuff out there but nobody had done it via video 
right? Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we go tell that story? We felt, you know, going back to Australia or Scotland or Ireland, um, we felt like there's there's these stories at all these places, and, and it's and it's kind of you know through the through line or through the lens of going on a buddy's trip with your friends, but um, but there's a larger kind of theme in play there too. So um, from a content perspective, yeah, I mean, I think tourist sauce is kind of that's always going to be big ticket bucket list destinations. Um, you know, like I'm dying to go to Japan for tourist sauce. I just think that would be like the coolest season. Um, and then, you know, strapped is kind of on the other end of the spectrum yeah, from that. And that's, super cool. and that's legitimately just Neil and Randy and DJ sitting around saying, Hey, you know, I've never been here. Let's go here. Or, um, you know, so, so that's, that's just from a place of total like adventure and curiosity like i'm dying to send them to alaska i think them going to alaska and playing like one of the four golf courses up there would be awesome um and then so i think what we've struggled with is like kind of finding that middle ground of like stuff that we want to go do but that's not a it's not tourist sauce or it's not strapped or it's not some hour-long video so that's where like we started doing these crash course vids where they're they're essentially like five five to ten minutes and it's just one guy you know it's just one of us with a camera we just go out to a course we want to play and like you know so it can be on the back end of a trip while we're traveling it can be in the local area it could be you know somewhere that we seek out and make it a point to to go play there um just kind of a grab bag but i think you know having having the ability to do everything from you know a three minute video to a 12 you know a 12 hour or 12 12 uh, episode, you know, kind of tome on on uh, Oregon golf. I think having that whole sandbox to plan has been nice, and it's been kind of a progression over the last four or five years to get there and figure that out. Yeah, it's awesome. I think it kind of reminds me, Matt, of the day maybe a year and a half ago when we were, you know, it's easy to think, oh well, who who are we? Who are we to talk about the mental game, right? But that's something that we actually spent a lot of time on over the years, and that really interests sure. us, and that we've worked on ourselves and. We started to do mental game roundtable episodes with random people and talking about their struggles and their stories. And those perform better than when we have Sean Foley on, ironically. Right. Yeah. So it's it's funny how you just have to follow your muse and what interests you and people connect with it. Well, yeah, I think like like for us on the podcast front, too, like we I think, you know, it's tricky for us because people look to us to to say certain stuff or to you know, as a, as a source of news or a source of analysis. But at the end of the day, like, we're just same as you guys, like, we're just five guys that like talking about golf. We, like, we don't have a right or a, or some sort of earned, you know, position to do that. It's, it's just a matter of like, Hey, we like talking about it and people have like listening to it. You know, that's, it's as simple as that. And I think when you, when you start getting more into, Hey, do I have license to talk about this or not? Like, not like, I think anybody can talk about whatever. It's just a matter of like, if like, it all comes back to approaching it the right way, asking the right questions and being curious, you know, and that's, that's kind of the thing. I, I do think on the mental, on the mental game note, I think with Neil, I think Neil's a fascinating study with that. Like I, mm. you know, he's, he played D1 football. He played three sports in, in, in high school. I mean, he's a far better athlete than I am. He's pretty much ambidextrous. Like he can write with both his left and right hand. Um, and he plays tennis righty, plays golf righty, plays baseball righty, can shoot a basketball either hand. Like it's crazy. So, um, but seeing him like, like he tweeted something a couple, like maybe a year ago and 
it was a video of his swing and uh, Eddie Pepperell was like, Hey, I don't understand like how you're not like a top 100 player in the world with like where you are his swing <laughs> is at the incredible. top. Like what the, what the yeah. hell happens on the downswing that <laughs> everything goes wrong. And so I think Neil's kind of taken that to heart and been like, all right, like I can be a much better golfer and figuring out how to get there. But I think it was super interesting where for, we were all down here for Solly's, um, Solly's wedding weekend and we played golf. Um, Max Homo was in town and we played golf with Max and Neil was playing with Neil had left his clubs in his car and his car was somewhere else. So he was playing with like a spare set of clubs that we had at the kill house. Um, no driver, you know, a putter that was radically different from what he normally plays with. And, and he ends up breaking par for the first time. And, you know, and he was deathly hung over that morning and all that. I think, and I think I saw it goes this back video. To, and I think it goes back to like expectations, right. Yeah. And like not, you know, getting out of your own way. Like he was, he was three over after the first two holes, I think, you know, yeah. and, and ends up shooting, you know, 69 or 70. It was so, right. you know, it, but it, it, it just goes back to like, when you don't have expectations and you're, you know, and you're, and you're just going out there trying to hit each shot. I think that's, that's where it gets fun. And that's where like, like for me playing lefty, it's been so fun where like, it's truly taken it back to a shot by shot thing. Like, you know, I don't really like, I'm going to, I'm going to play well, or I'm going to shoot a good score. Like I'll probably start tuning in 13, 14, 15th hole. And all right, man, like I've got a chance to shoot my career low here lefty, but like the first nine holes or 12 holes, like I'm literally, I'm, I've been, I'm more focused on the shot at hand and not anything else than I've ever been righty where, you know, I'm just truly in the moment with that. And I'm, I'm not sure why that is or, or what, but I think it's just cause like I derive pleasure from like, uh, you know, I'm not deriving pleasure from the end score. I'm deriving pleasure from the process. Right. And, and I think that's, that's one of the reasons why like I got burned out playing golf in the first place back in, you know, back after college was like, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't go hit those shots that, that I used to be able to hit. And I, I was getting my pleasure from the result, right. Of from going out and shooting 71 or 72 or 73. Like it was, that was, that was where my happiness was coming from. Not, not from just being out there on the course for four hours. So is that the big thing that you'll take with you? Hopefully you break 80, you go back to righty. Is that going to be the biggest change that you hold on to? Hopefully. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? Like, I, I don't know if I'm stay capable of holding on to that. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or I could say lefty. I think, I think what I'm going to do, I mean, at least what I'm going to try at first, because I do want to keep the lefty stuff sharp. I think what I want to try at first is I'm going to try to keep a couple lefty wedges in the bag and maybe, <laughs> and maybe putt lefty too, just because the putting, like I'm struggling a little bit with the short, with the shorter putting, but anything from like, six to 30 feet is like the lag putting and the distance control is crazy and it's something where like it's super natural i don't have to think about it i'm not thinking about how hard i'm hitting the putt it's just happening mm -hmm. so i'd like to kind of keep that going um and it's interesting too because i'm not a like righty i'm not a cross-handed putter righty and so i'm putting you know just with a regular grip both righty and lefty um so i think it'll be kind of a combo like mixed bag probably have you know driver through gap wedge uh, righty have a you know probably a 54 or 56 degree lefty and then 
and then maybe a 60 degree. I would right love to again. see people's faces if they don't know you and they're playing with you and they're like, was yeah. he, was he righty before? <laughs> it's the toughest part about, about figuring out like wedge setup too, is, is like, it's the toughest and by far lefty. Once I got the driver figured out and once I learned how to like, you know, roll my hands over and close the face and keep my front shoulder in it was by far getting out of bunkers. And it's still like to this day, it's still because just because I don't have any speed yeah. and it's so it's made, that's made me empathize more with beginner golfers than anything where it's so easy as somebody who's played your whole life to say like, yeah, just like swing through it, you know, and like, you know, like hit behind the ball and then like accelerate through the ball. And like, I can't tell you how foreign that feels lefty where, you know, like club hits the sand, you feel that resistance. And then, and then you have to basically accelerate and finish your swing. And it's like, that's, that's terrifying lefty. Mm -hmm. So, so having something that, that I can still play out of, you know, cause I'm, I'm a good bunker player, righty. I'm abysmal lefty. So having something that I can play out of bunkers, righty, even if I'm chipping lefty is important. Tron, I think a big takeaway kind of from, from this and hearing you talk is, and I think for some of our listeners who are, you know, mid range to higher handicaps is, especially with short game, I've always believed that you can kind of rewrite the rules a little bit. Short game, it can be very personal. Obviously, there's sets of fundamentals. But, you know, when Evan, you and I are working on chipping and pitching, well, well, try this with your hands. Try this with your arms. I had a friend growing up where he, you know, he, he hit righty and putted lefty. We saw that with Blaine McAllister on the tour, too, back in the 80s and 90s. Like, you know, if you got t- it's okay to think about your short game and try different things. You know, yeah. look how, you know, Jack Nicholas, the greatest part of all time, he, he was crouched over. I mean, it looks like it would just hurt your back after 18 holes, right? And then there's a lot of different ways to do short game. And I think when we do have time to practice, we need to think creatively, you know, and, and it's okay to just try a bunch of different fields. That yeah, totally. Like, I think I, I've always found putting righty, I, I putt better when I'm crouched over. Um and I think a lot of that has to do. So I think part of it is I'm super right. eye dominant. Um, but I think part of the reason, and then this may not even make scientific sense, but it makes sense for me where I think part of the reason I'm, I've been lag putting so well is because my right, my right eye can see both, you know, like where I'm, where I'm trying to hit it and the ball at the same time versus it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, uh, uh, quarantined back here where like, you really can't see it can only see the ball or it can only see, and I'm, I'm a very like visual player. I don't like, um, like that's, that, that's been a takeaway too, of like, if there's an uphill hole or something, yeah. if there's a blind shot, how much more I struggle, like I've never struggled ever righty blind shots, but not knowing what I'm hitting to or where I'm hitting to lefty has been terrifying, but like putting wise, like, like for me, I'm, I'm very much, I'm, I'm a field player. I'm, I'm a visual player. <clears throat> and so, you know, marrying up the line and speed and all that, but knowing, you know, and making it more of a reaction sport too, to where I, I get my read, I have my one practice stroke, I step up to the ball and I hit it and I'm like reacting to something. Whereas instead of sitting there thinking about it and, totally. and staring at the ball, and then that's when all that, all that BS creeps in with, yeah. you know, it's- with, yeah, it's all right to open your feet a little bit when you putt to feel that. Or like, you know, yeah. DJ does a great chipping drill where he keeps his feet face forward at the target, right? So mm-hmm. it just helps him think big muscles and shift your weight. If that works for somebody, go chip like that, right? I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, you know? totally. I mean, I had a my my high school golf coach, like scratch golfer. He chipped left-handed and he putted and he putted most of his putts left-handed and like that was partly so he could keep his cigar in his other hand. But like <laughs> that's a that's a talent too, or if he's got it in his yeah. mouth when he hits. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I mean, he would always tell me he'd like, hey, like you're, you know, it's like. Um, Faxon's told this story about when he started working with 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 Rory. It's like, you know, having him go out and putt with a nine iron or putt with a three wood, and and he made everything. And then having him, you know, go putt with with the putter, and he and he missed, you know, two out of the three. I think, and it's like that's there's something to be said for that when you're just trying to get the ball in the hole. Yeah. Um. Versus, you know, and that's you know that's not to say that like technique isn't important or repeatability is not important but if you can marry those two things up i think it's it's that's the that's the key for sure yep well i know we're a bit over time tron thanks so much for coming on um good luck yeah, in the guys, money game today maybe we yeah, should have you. neil on for a mental game round table you should you should yeah neil's neil's a uh neil's a he he's an interesting creature golf wise and yeah and, and going back to strapped I'd, I'd love to hear the the mental side of him having to pick up the phone on the 14th or 15th hole, you know, whenever he's under par and having to, to call us up and, you know, kind of get it all out in the open of like, Hey, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is what I'm not good at. Like is, is, is keeping it together. And we have to talk through that even before I try to do it. So. Yeah. All right. You're going to have to tell him you, uh, you had a great time on the train. It's time to yeah. punch his ticket and, and let's, let's go for it. For sure, for sure, and yeah, I, I'd love to come back on too. Just as far as um, I think you'd, I think it'd be, it'd be cool to download all this stuff once yeah. I'm through kind of that, that initial year. Absolutely, of, totally of welcome experience. back so. for sure. Cool. Well, Teron, thanks so much, man. Take Appreciate care it, man. and uh, have a great 2021, my man. Hopefully, we'll have you on again soon. All right, thanks, guys. All right, see, see ya. ya.